Welcome to Calvary Church, where we are dedicated to loving God and loving people. If you want to know more about us, please check us out online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message. Hello, and I'm so glad that you uh, took the time to come on out and join us for online church this morning. My name's Vince. I am one of the pastors at the church, and I'm just glad you've taken the time out to join us. Uh, for all my dads out there, I hope you had a great Father's Day last week. Uh, it, was, it was a good one. Uh, Pastor Brad was speaking, sharing, as we continue on this message about you being one of a kind. Now, being one of a kind, I've heard it said that uh, regarding uh, men and uh, fathers, some of the best men are like the best steaks. We have some fat on us. Now, it's important to recognize that as far as your uniqueness and where it collides with the parts that we're the same is an important journey. There's aspects of being individual and where that individuality rides in and, and, and moves in with there are actual more parts that we are to conform to the likeness of Christ than our individual identities. I get in trouble all the time uh, for saying dumb junk. And it's just one of those things with my brain starts spinning and how I put things together in my mind. Pastor Brad was speaking last week and he was talking about his, his son and diabetes and uh, the, the, a pump that his, his son has and my, my brain is just like pump, 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 little pump, little pump, little pump, 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 pump. And I'm doing little drummer boy sounds, pump, 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 pump. And I just can't, I can't shake stuff out of my head because of just how my brain works to put stuff together, my pump. My pump, my pump, my pump, my lovely little pump. Check it out. And my, my mind spins in a way that maybe yours doesn't. Maybe you're going, what is he talking about right now? I feel like there's going to be moments today where I'm the guy standing at the front or the side of the stadium that's trying to get the fans to do the wave. And you know that guy. He's there. He's trying to get some people encouraged. He's trying to get some inspiration going. And there's a whole group of people just like, you need to sit down and be quiet. I've come, uh, that's not why I'm here today. There's other people that will finally, you know, until finally we get something going. It's because we're all unique. And you are one of a kind. You are one of a kind just like everybody else. That there is a, a uniqueness, but there's parts where we're all kind of weaving this this some similar parts of our tapestry, particularly those who are in faith. One of the uh, designs that we're using for this particular one-of-a-kind series, it has some, some lines across a blue background. There's some lines, and there's kind of one thicker, kind of a little more pink-looking line. And I was thinking about this graphic, and there's parts where my thoughts look unique like one of those lines. Your thoughts look unique like one of those lines. And then there's Jesus' thoughts that I'm trying to get towards. You see, I have my thoughts on things, and so do you. 
you have a certain heritage, you were brought up a certain way with certain family dynamics and how many siblings you had and what kind of faith upbringing maybe you had. could be a little different than mine. I didn't grow up with Christianity at all. So I, I, I wasn't until like later in high school that I was introduced to Jesus. So there's parts of my formation that are way off of Jesus' line. You see, he has his line and I have my line. And at various points, our lines intersect. And my, my thoughts are like Jesus' thoughts. And your thoughts are like Jesus' thoughts. But there's other parts where you're like, oh, man, my, my thoughts are just way different based upon your experiences, your background. But God's word is true regardless of where you are at or what has happened that way in life. Romans talks about it this way. God demonstrated his love for us in this, in Romans 5, 8. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Regardless of where your line is, and there's Jesus' line, and we intersect at a couple points, and maybe there's Vince's line over here, and I intersect a couple points. So my goal is not to have my own distinct line. My one-of-a-kindness doesn't require independence off of the Jesus line. As a Christian, I'm making that declaration, that faith declaration, Jesus, I want more of you. I want more of your line and less of my own. I want more of God's thoughts and less of Vince's thoughts. I find it so fascinating in getting to know people and where their thoughts line up. So shifting from what are my thoughts to what are God's thoughts. Isaiah 55 and 9 says it this way. As the heavens are higher than the earth, God speaking, so are my ways higher than your ways and his thoughts higher than my thoughts. This journey of faith, this Christ journey, is trying to pull off of my line and jump over to Jesus' line on his uh, points of view, how he thinks about a certain subject. And everybody's different. It was uh, this past Halloween, I was out with... Uh, uh, you know, so, so I had people over, I set up a display in, in front of uh, my house where I can meet my neighbors. And I was into talking about the with my neighbors. And some of you know, I'm like super into the environment. I love the environment. There's nothing more that excites me than the environment. And we were looking around. We see all these plastic skeletons and things hanging from people's houses. And that environmental part of me was like, this, just, this plastic is not good for the environment, which is why I only advocate for local, organic, homegrown human skeletons. And those are the ones that should be put up at Halloween. No. I have my thoughts on the environment. You have your thoughts on the environment. Some people are, 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 are excited about, you know, snatching straws out of turtles' noses. Other people don't care. What, but more important than that, what are God's thoughts 
on any given subject. I have a friend who, who is not into streaming music. It's like a, when you stream, you know, music, you know, the, the artist doesn't get any money. The only way to really support an artist is to go see them in concert. And so I invited him to come to the White Snake concert with me, but he didn't want to go. So here I go again on my own. And it's one of those, those things where we're just all so different. How do I get my random line to line up with the Jesus line? Philippians says it this way. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. I'm supposed to tighten up closer to the Jesus line and not be so bent upon where my line is at. It doesn't take away that my line exists, but the Christian journey is drawing towards the Jesus line. What are his thoughts? What does he mean about a subject? How do I go from me, mine, and my thoughts to Jesus' thoughts? Romans 12.2 says it this way, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For about three and a half hours every week, I work, uh, not at the church, I work at a little game store. Just three and a half hours a week, just to kind of shake up my life and, you know, um, make sure I'm out and connecting and, and enjoying some different things. And I had this fantastic conversation with one of my coworkers. My coworker was, uh, he, he is just inquisitive and we've got a, a neat friendship and I, I'm actually really growing fond of these guys, love these guys. And we have some good conversations. And so, and he was asking, like, why are Christians so bent upon controlling women and this issue of abortion? Pause for a moment, you know, talk about things and, and work through some things. And I was, it was a genuine moment of conversation where I could see his line. And I could see my line, and we talked about some science things, and we talked about some faith things. I said, it's not an issue of controlling women. It makes you sound like just some, you know, freaky terrorist person. My, the issue is not one of control. The issue for the Christian worldview comes into, is that a baby, or is that a clump of cells? And we got, you know, uh, in and talking. It was, it was just a fun, civil, you know, conversation. We're kind of laying out our lines. Is it that it's a baby at 24 weeks? Well, and the clump of cells before then? Well, what about the day before? What, 23 weeks and six days, what is it? And, you know, it generates some inf interesting conversation. Is it, a, is it a baby at heartbeat, which happens about six weeks? Is that when it's a baby? Is it a, what is it at five weeks and six days? Is it a baby at conception? And so we had a good conversation. At the very end, he said, thank you for just explaining it in a, in a way that helped make some sense to him. As we kind of work through his line, work through my line, and we're able to bridge this thing that people, it's not about hating women and control, but it's an issue of preserving and that there's the sanctity of life. And then it's what are Jesus's thoughts on what's happening in a baby situation. And I came across some interesting uh, thoughts and some scriptures on that. 
Galatians 1.15, but when God, who had chosen me and set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace, was pleased. Well, before he was born, is that just meaning, you know, like, at that point of birth that, you know, as soon as that happened, God was thinking about me? And I was like, what else does the Bible have to, to say? What is Jesus' What does God's word say about this? Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before I formed you in the womb. I'm like, hmm. I see my friend's line. I see my line. And then I discover more, where's God's line on all of this. Psalm 139.16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Your eyes saw my unformed body. And so I'm left with the conviction of, I, I, I know where his thoughts are, and he's not a malicious person, he's a loving person. I saw where my thoughts are. And then as I open God's word, I see, what does God think about this? What are Jesus' thoughts? See, if I'm conforming to the likeness of Jesus, I'm moving from my line, jumping over to his line, to try and get my line a little bit closer in each area. And it's a challenge, and it's a sensitive subject. And in no way do I intend any judgment. I've you know, had loving friends uh, faced with challenging situations, and no judgment. I think of that story of with, uh, you know, the woman who was taken in, and the religious folks were like, Jesus, she did this. And then Jesus says, like, you without sin, you be the first one to, to throw the stone. And one by one, they all left. And then Jesus says, where are the people judging you? And she tells him, no one. He says, I don't either. Go and sin no more. And I come at it from a genuine place of love. If I'm trying to preserve and get closer to God's love, sometimes things aren't, they get a little complicated and, and they can get a little messy. But knowing that the intent is love. Because how did Jesus say we would be known? That we would be known because of our love, not because of our, our uh, you know, beat people to death with, with harsh judgments. But that doesn't mean that sometimes things don't get messy. We're going to talk a little bit about that. 1 Timothy 5.8 you see, when I talk about that part of, like, maybe it's considered more on a, a woman's issue, but there's also, uh, there's some harsh things. <laughs> there's some harsh things in the Bible which talks about uh, people taking care of their families. And so sometimes this gets in and addressed to men who aren't doing that. You see, regarding babies, it takes one to do the twist, five to do a Congo line, but takes two to tango. They just don't come out of nowhere. And the scripture is pretty firm. And you're like, oh, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, 1 Timothy 5, 8, 
and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You're like, wow, that's harsh. So you have to understand, uh, this isn't a, a thing on, you know, every mean or every hard uh, scripture that, that we have to contend with. But how do love, reality, the situations people put themselves in, the situations people don't put themselves in but find themselves in, how does it all collide? And there's some really tricky things in there. Because Jesus says, judge not, lest you be judged. But it's not the only thing written in the scripture about that. One of the congregants, Ruth Brown, she was sharing on a Sunday morning. She was talking about the forgiveness of God and that, that, you know, that's available to anyone, regardless of a mistake in life, regardless of an error in life, that you can have everything put back straight by Jesus' love and redemptive work in your life. And she said it this way regarding her puppy, uh, whose name is Whiskey. She said of her dog, Whiskey, and Ruth is Scottish, so forgive. She's a naughty dog. She's a naughty dog who eats my slippers. But I love her. And I think it's possible that there are these lines where you can love and where love intersects with drawing a line. And there are lines. Sometimes it goes, oh, that can sound a bit judgy, but let's take a peek at what 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 13 say. I wrote to you, this is Paul writing, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral, or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you'd have to leave this world. But now I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater or a slanderer or a drunkard or a swindler. Don't even eat with such people. What business is it of mine to judge those Outside the church, Paul writes, are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the immoral brother. What? Wow! Seems kind of judgy. But these lines exist in the scripture too where we say love exists in this pathway. Jesus, the personification of love. It's God's love incarnate, dying on the cross so that I don't have to suffer the consequences of that sin. How then is he saying expel somebody who's wicked amongst us? And there's these tricky lines that sometimes get navigated on this question of love. See, there's grace as an alternate factor, as an addition to this. There is grace in the mess, but there are lines also that can't be crossed. That crossed the line. You stepped over the line. Whose line is it anyway? Lay it on the line. Feeding me a line. Line it up. Call the hotline. You need a lifeline. My butt is on the line. Dancing on the line is different than line dancing. 
where does Jesus line up? You see, if I'm going from my thoughts over to his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I'm going from my line to conforming to the likeness of Jesus. That process is messy. And that's okay. It's that I'm in the work of this process. Moving from one thing to another is messy. This last summer, I renovated, or I had renovated, two bathrooms. Two upstairs bathrooms renovated. And let me tell you, when something is in the middle of a renovation, it is brutal. When it's uh, day one, stuff starts getting ripped up, there's nails sticking out of things, it is a mess. Entirely unusable. A drastic, drastic mess. This process of in between, you've got to do this, you've got to grout that, and it takes a day, and then this has got to dry, and we'll get a second coat of this, and that's got to dry, and days turn into weeks. It is a mess when something is being renovated. And as I move from my line, my thoughts, over to Jesus' line and Jesus' thoughts, sometimes it's messy. And so instead of denying the mess, I just go, yeah, things get messy. And learning to love the mess is loving the renovation, is loving the transformation. There are transformations sometimes that happen, bam, just in a snap. And then there are renovations that take a while. And there's grace in that process. But don't quit on the reno. Luke 14, 28 through 30 says this. Suppose, you, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish, everyone will see and ridicule you. This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Being a change agent means loving the mess. And these transformation things from my likeness to Jesus' likeness, it can be messy work. There's a grace in there. You need to know above all, God loves you. God cares for you. It's not like, oh, you had a goof up and now you're off uh, the team. You had a mess up and now God hates you. No, it's while we were still in the depths of our sin, while we were still in the depths of the transformation, getting things sorted out, he sent his son to die for you. This is God's love. He's not asking for perfection. It's, it's one of those uh, unattainable in this lifetime until we hit glory. But we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, on the subject of transformation, I was uh, with my coworkers at the at the store, and we got talking about a, a video that he saw online about this Canadian professor, and he had some thoughts and some concerns that regarding uh, it was around this this issue of 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 where uh, uh, trans rights and being pe people calling like I need to call somebody this and the trans rights for that, and we had a good discussion on where. Do we draw love? What, what is love in, in all of this situation? Because we're commanded and would do that. Jesus loves everybody. Jesus loves you, regardless of right where 
you're at. You see, this thing of like, uh, of a disorder, or the, this dysphoria, gender dysphoria, gender identity disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety disorder, chromosomal disorder, whatever disorder it might be, if I hear the word disorder, my thoughts aren't go, I hate you. That is so weird and backwards. And I would guess that's the same for you. Your immediate position is to go to a place of care and love and comfort and, 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 and want to help. That's what love wants to look like. I imagine it's very frustrating dealing with, uh, with uh, the disorders of these various sorts. If someone came to me with like a paranoid personality disorder, I, I wouldn't come to them and say, everyone's following you, everyone's looking. If the person's already paranoid, I, I would also not feed whatever mental delusion they're going through. In fact, that seems cruel to me. If I loved somebody, I would do everything I could to get them the help that they needed. I can be compassionate, and I can love, but not agree. Loving and agreeing, they're actually, we use them as two separate words because they're two separate things. I can love Whiskey, the puppy, even though she's a naughty dog who eats my slippers. Loving and agreeing are not the same thing. If, there, if I use the word disorder, well, it infers that there is a typical order of things. And help does not just mean feeding a disorder. I'll put it out like this. And, and many of us have relatives who suffered through some sort of um, mental disorder, age-related uh, mental disorder, and it's challenging. What do you do if, like, grandma's at the nursing home and she says, like, I'm a bus driver. You go, oh, like, I don't want to upset grandma. I might say, like, that's interesting, Grandma. Like, where, where did you drive the bus today? I'm not interested. I'm not. Grandma, you're not a bus driver. I don't see the, the love part of that. However, there are lines. If there was a situation where there was, you know, a, a bus breaks down in front of the nursing home, says, we can't get to the, I can't get these kids to the, the next event. If only we had a bus driver. If someone somewhere was a bus driver and grandma starts slipping up her hand like, I'm a bus driver, the loving thing is to not put grandma behind the wheel. That is the least loving thing. I don't feed that. And there might be my thoughts on a subject. It might be your thoughts on a subject. As I conform to the likeness of Christ, what are his thoughts on the subject? Where does love and agreeing line up? Do I have to love, do I have to agree with everything to love it? Because I know that while I was still in the depths of my sin, Jesus came because of love. But it wasn't so that I could stay there. When something was not right, it wasn't so that I can stay drowning. Jesus says, 
come if you're heavy laden. Come if you're bogged down. I will bring you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. The part where it gets tricky in those scenarios where uh, children are drawn in is because there's, Jesus has some harsh words regarding anyone who would uh, be deceptive with children. If anyone, he says this in Matthew 18, 6 and 7, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. This is the Prince of Peace speaking. This is our loving Lord talking. Does it seem that, that his line says, agree or you don't love? It, it, it seems that sometimes loving says, no, this isn't right. And it's a real challenging place to be in, in a, in a, yeah, as a Christian in, in a, a world that doesn't believe the things that we believe. Where's Jesus' line? Where's my line? Where's your line? And how do all of these lines interact? I want to close with this little thought. Finding Jesus' lines happens on a Sunday. It can happen when you're reading your Bible. It can happen at Bible study, getting together with a group of people and hashing through some subjects. It's not harsh. It doesn't mean we always agree, but we love, and that we would be known by our love. I was at small group this week, and we were praying for someone who has this uh, blood condition. Uh, we were praying for someone who's going through a cancer treatment. Why do, why do we bother pray? Because what are Jesus' thoughts on prayer? Jesus said to cast my care on him because he cares for me. So I'm compelled to pray because Jesus thinks it's a good idea. That's what's on his line. He says a variety of things and some great things about you. He says that you are more than a conqueror. You're more than an overcomer through him who loved you. Romans 8.37. If God is for you, then who can be against you? Romans 8.31. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Jesus says some great things about you. You're transformed. There's renewal. There's, there, there's, there's opportunity to experience a different level, a different facet of his love and grace. And it's available to you. Conforming to his likeness, you think, I don't want to drop my own identity, my uniqueness on a certain part is more important than Jesus. There's grace in working through that, but there are lines. I hope you hear uh, just uh, some love today. It's, it's brutal subjects to, you know, things to talk about because someone who's maybe not in where the Lord looks at things might not receive it in a loving way. But I can guarantee you it comes from a place of love. You are loved. You are in the right space. And we're believing for God's best for you. Let's pray together.
Jesus, I thank you for your word. It's life to us. Lord, I ask for everyone who's in earshot of these words today, Lord, that they would pause for a moment. Lord, that they would sense, tangibly sense your love right now. Lord, sweep over them. The past is the past. Yesterday is done. And that you've got something new lined up for them. Jesus, we ask for wholeness, head to toe. We ask for freedom. We ask for healing. We ask for redemption. Lord, we want to be conformed more and more to your likeness and those spots that we're just not prepared to let go yet. Lord, give us grace through the journey. We ask for wisdom throughout all of this. We want to know you more and experience what you have for us. Bless each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day.